Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. Got a great one. Uh, we're talking about the combine. Uh, we're discussing every guy's numbers and how they looked and how scouts might perceive them. We also touch on basketball a little bit. But before we get into that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Uh, also, leave us comments. We love those. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re download. Uh, and follow us on all those platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen. Uh, we also have merch right now, How We Doing Bud t-shirts in orange and in white. The link is below, so you can go check those out. Uh, and you want to follow us on social media, at Believe in Tennessee, uh, for our main account on Twitter, at rbacon26read, at Kyler Kerberson for myself on all social media platforms. Uh, so without further ado, let's... Jump on into the podcast. By the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught. Tennessee, Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one. Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. The 35 to the 40 to the 45 to the 50 to the 45 to the 40 to the 35 30 25 20 15 10 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt. Touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. It is the place to go for betting. It is your number one source for betting. They have all the odds, all the team totals, all the parlays that you could ever want, and they cover every sport. You got NFL, you got NBA, you got tennis, you got golf, you got baseball, you got everything you could think of. It is the place to go if you're going to bet on anything and make anything exciting. So for first-time signups, go over to betonline.ag and for a 50% welcome bonus, use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, welcome in everybody. Uh, I got another great podcast for you. I say it every week, but I mean it. Uh, we're going to break down the NFL Combine and the Vols that uh, performed in it and how they did, and uh, you know, analysts and what they see out of them, and kind of give you guys some inside info on that. Uh, but before we get into any of that great stuff, Reed, how are we doing, Bud? Hello, you beautiful man. Nice UT gear. We both went UT gear today. Yeah, yeah, ripping it out. This is like one of my first hoodies I got when I was there. It's like an Adidas hoodie. It's like a three X. It's massive on me. Is it? Yeah, it's like, so comfortable you, though, but it's just it's just huge. That's that's good though for laying around the crib. Exactly, it's perfect for that. I'm not, I I definitely couldn't wear this out. I mean, I 
I've worn the hell out of it like, since see your I was hand. an idiot freshman and just like dropping food on it. And like, it's just, it's a gross, it's a gross hoodie. Let, let me see your, where's your hands? Like, where does it go on your, well, see, it's, look- it's got that tightener. So it's, so it's not that bad and it's not that bad at lengthwise, but it's just, it's just, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of room in here. Like fat bastard when he lost all his weight and he has all that excess skin. <laughs> I almost did the joke, but I feel like that might be a little inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no inappropriate jokes. Um, yeah, this hoodie is also. I got this my freshman year. Now, as you remember, I was only at UT for three years because then I turned pro. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, he, he only made it to his junior year, guys. It, it really does kind of annoy me though that you say we got another great pop, we got another great pop. I mean, I know, I know you explained yourself, and I know, <laughs> I know you were like, you go into the, you go into the pod, you go into the day, like, let's do this. It's gonna be a great one. Let's just say, like, hey, happy Monday. Well, it's Monday for us, but I, I guess I don't know if you're gonna get this out tomorrow, Wednesday, whatever. Who knows? But let's let's try to think of something else, just that we <laughs> okay. sprinkle in a little bit. You don't want me making false promises. Yeah, sometimes we're sometimes we're not that good. Other times I feel like there's times I feel like we knocked out of the park, and there's other times I feel like we need to re-record, but we don't because we we're busy. But anyways, I'm doing well. Hope you are. Um, let's jump into this. Yeah, um, let's just do it. Um, over the weekend, NFL Combine had quite a few guys there. First, just to start off with, like Paxton Brooks and Hinton Hooker, like great for them that they got to go like Paxton. I don't think it really matters much what he runs or does or like anything. Um, The best thing for those two guys is possible interviews with coaches, um, you know, taking the wonder lick and the mental side of that. Uh, So great that they got the opportunity that didn't really get to do much, but still good for them. Um, I say we start on the defensive side of the ball, if you're okay with that. This, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start how Tennessee at uh, TennesseeUTSports.com inside the numbers, balls at the 2023 NFL Combine. Great article, by the way, and it's perfect for us. So we're just going to start at the top. And we're so it's kind of random. You know, however UT Sports wants to do it, that's how we're going to do it. Okay. So the first, the first, person, first person, first person might be a little controversial. Jeremy Banks. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, 6'1", 232. Uh, 32-inch arms, 9.5-inch hands. Um, 40-yard dash. Yeah. I, I'm going to let you talk about the arm length because really arm length matters for uh, Jeremy Banks, Byron Young, and Darnell Wright. I mean, really. That's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So – but then – so we got 40-yard dash of 4.53. We got a 10-yard split of a one five six. Vertical 37 and a half, broad jump 10-7. We got a throw three cone drill of 7.27, 20-yard shuttle, 4-3-8, and bench press of 25. Um let, let me dive in and I'll just go ahead and sound like a tool to start off. 25 reps is good. It's it, yeah, it's good. Um, he's probably got a 350, 365 bench max if he's doing 225, 25 times? I think he might. I think maybe – well, 
like maybe 375. Let's just, I'm just going to go ahead and say why I said this is a douchey comment because we're talking about this bench press and it means nothing, but I was trying to remember how many I, the most I did at 225. And I, and, and I was not, I was not prepping. I was yeah. not prepping for it. Uh, I also didn't look like that natural, natural guy. <laughs> you couldn't run a 438 so, uh, shuttle with that too? Uh, I actually think, I actually think my shuttle was probably my best thing that I did. Uh, my 40, don't lie. My, my 40 was not was not great. Um I really want to say, besides the fact that people don't care about this, but <laughs> I want to say I think I got 18 or 20 of 225, but that was yeah. my strongest. That that was not that was post playing football, re just trying to get as big as strong as he could. I couldn't move at all because I literally got up to like 230 and was just yeah. large. Little bad weight, you know, little love handles, little belly, but hey, but that <laughs> hey, that weight helps. That weight helps bounce, baby. Yeah, <laughs> Push that it thing does. up. It does. How many did you get again? You got a lot. You were like 40s, weren't you? In the 30s. So for reference, um, when I first got to Tennessee, I remember doing it, and my bench max was probably around 330. And oh, I did that's it. that is awful. And I did 18 reps. Remember, that was the first time I ever tried 225 rep max. And I was a freshman. Um, so I did 18. And then by the time I graduated, it was in pro day. I was one rep max, probably like 420. And then I did 32 on day of. So you can kind of gauge off of that. Like if he's getting 25, he's probably upper threes range in one rep max which is which is great i mean that's awesome um all right we, we're not talking all right here's the deal we're not talking about bench presses anymore i just <laughs> you know unless it's like a super low number or high number but i yeah. decided we had to be tools for a second anyway times i look at these as like just to make, make sure does it just make sense yeah j- j- just to be like hey are is he is he strong enough is he yeah. not too weak? Or in a different aspect, is he fast enough? Is he not too slow? You know, and it just like, it, it's almost like, okay, that's fine. That's good. Like, okay, like they probably looked at it and said, if Darnell gets between, if he gets under a five, three, two, then we're fine. You know what I mean? They're just like benchmarks and they're like, if you get under that, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, no, agree. Yeah, so I'm going to be honest. I think 6'1", 232 is good, uh, good size. Um, I heard someone say, hey, that's a little bit slight for, for like, a middle linebacker. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't so think either. so. I, and, and it kind of made me mad because it's like I've heard – like, and I forget who, who mentioned it. It was someone on NFL Network, and I was lucky to hear it. I was lucky enough to see some of Jeremy Banks, and they said, oh, he's just a little slight. I'm like, no, bro, like the NFL now, like – he might have been a little slight five years ago, six, seven years ago, because yeah. they wanted 240 to 50. I think he's really good size. I mean, my I favorite linebacker, my favorite linebacker in the league right now for for the Titans is David Long. I swear David Long probably doesn't is more than damn 220. I mean, he's little, but I mean he plays so so well. And like, so I think yeah. 232 is a good yeah, size. For Jerry. Guess what? Uh Fred Warner for the San Francisco 49ers. Guess how much he was? 229. Like, yeah, but he's like six four. But but yeah, but, but, but it's I just guess. like, um, who is it? 
what was his name that played for Tampa when they won the Super Bowl? Um, Devin, 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 uh, Devin White. Devin Post White, size. who's who's undersized. And then there's another guy. Uh, David. What'd you say? Levante David from Levante Tampa. Levante David, yes. Yeah. 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 I couldn't hear you before. But Levante David, he's a smaller guy. Yeah. No, I, I think I thought that was a little annoying when they said I think the 40 yard dash is that's great for him. Four five. I think right. that is I think that's I I I thought he was gonna be four five, maybe, maybe four six, but I was like, if he hits four fives and low four fives, which he did, he had a four five three. I think that's fabulous for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh 10 yard split, one five six, pretty good. Vertical 37 and a half. That's that's good. Broad jump 10-7, good. And then um, you don't see it. Some of, a lot of these guys don't do the three-cone drill anymore. Uh, 7-2-7 is pretty good. But I always remember when I was going through this stuff, and this was more like during high school doing stuff to go to college, clearly not college of the pros, but like in your 20-yard shuttle, they said you want your 20-yard shuttle to be as close to or or a better than your 40. Yeah. And I had always remembered that. Um, so the fact that he ran a four three eight on the on a twenty yard shuttle, I think is I think that I think that's good. It shows that he can move sideline to sideline. Yeah, um, I, I I like that too. I think all of these numbers are good boosts to Jeremy's like overall look. You know, I, Jeremy's played right. very well on film, but I don't think scouts were very confident in him as just like a, a linebacker number one, like a start middle linebacker. Um, and then I also think they're on the fence about off the field stuff with Jeremy too. Well, that's so like, obvious. Don't, yeah. Don't, so it's obvious. like Jeremy's got to show out during this and he's probably going to try again and like run again at pro day. But so that people are like, okay, yes, this is a very, this is a freak athlete as well. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, yeah. Don't, I don't want you to say, things that are obvious and make them sound kind of like, Oh, like we, we know the off the field issues are the biggest deal for him. Yeah. And I remember, and I remember actually reading his grade. I was on the little, the scrolling through scrolling through on the NFL app. And I was reading about him and Henry Toa, 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 Toa. And so I was reading about both of them and they have Henry T as a, where he can start as a back. It says, uh, backup with potential to become a first round, or I mean a, a starter. And then for Jeremy Banks, it was like good backup, special teams player, probably not ever a starter. For mm-hmm. me personally, when I turned on the film, I would have probably taken Jeremy Banks this year on the games that I watched of both of them. Yeah. I would have probably taken Jeremy Banks over Henry T. Now, obviously, Henry T doesn't have any off-the-field issues. Um, I, I can't speak to which one is a more hedgy you know, which one's smarter, which one can learn the playbook quicker, tell everyone else where to go, get the checks. I, I don't know all that. But physically wise, like he had a better physical day than Henry T. And I'm just talking about Henry T as an example because yeah. I read about him. Um, but it says notables, Banks athleticism was on full display. His 37 and a half inch vertical was second a best uh, amongst linebackers. His broad jump was third and his 20 yard shuttle, which I just talked about, was third. That, that's that's. That's nice that you, if you're top echelon of, of the linebackers, that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you, if you look over his analysis that, that they gave him, um, it is, you know, he makes up for his slight undersized with physicality, which we don't even think he's really that undersized. His instincts and recognition improved over 
the past year, but he can still get better in those areas. He plays with below average short area twitch and just modest pursuit speed with sideline to sideline, but will hit and wrap what is in front of him. Now, a 4-3-8 proves that he can go side to side. He can move. A 4-5-3 in the 40 proves that he can't. He does have speed. He can't. So it's just the, the doubts. If anybody had little doubts of his game, then he's just like, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong by actually running a fast time and, and doing well in this certain event. So that, that definitely this day helped Jeremy Banks moving forward. I think Henry T has the advantage of multiple years starting at middle linebacker for multiple teams and different defenses. They see him as a, he just got more experience. He's more yep. veteran than than Jeremy is. And I, I think that's why if you are looking at the two prospects that someone would pick Henry T over Jeremy. But I agree with you. When you turn on the film this past year, it really does feel like Jeremy made a huge difference on this team compared to. I And, I, and, and um, if you can run. And you're physical. You you can find a spot. Like I'm not going to be surprised at all if Jeremy doesn't necessarily get drafted, uh, and then signs free agent somewhere, gets drafted really late because of those off the field issues. I mean, he's had more than one. Yeah. Um, and I won't be surprised if he gets drafted and then goes to a team and he is, you know, on a random thursday night nfl kickoff and it's you know like the cincinnati Bengals versus you know the browns and you see jeremy banks run down and make a big hit tackle like i i'm not gonna be surprised about that because he does have that we say it way too much but he's got that dog in him you know and like he he's going to he's gonna lay it out there you know what i mean so um yeah listen all that's in behind you kid you got to go and see what's up next so um, and the other thing is too, like if you just love ball, there's all these other leagues out there right now that you can try to catch on. And very true. So that, I mean, that's the one. Good, you know, that's the one good thing about these guys now. I mean, they got the XFL, the USFL. More opportunity. Yeah, they got the Reed Bacon Backyard Football League. <laughs> all right, let's talk about let's talk about Jalen. Six foot one seventy six. Um, which is lighter than what I said the other day. You remember you called me out on it. Well, just but I I'm coming back to that. I'm coming back to his weight because I got I got a thought here. Okay. So we're six foot one seventy six. Forty was a four four. Uh, Ten yard split was a one five. Vertical was a forty. Broad jump was eleven three. Um, so it has notables on here. Out of the forty two wide receivers, I produced uh, the best broad jump. Um, his forty was fourth best, and a four four, which was top six amongst the wide receiver group. Here is my thing. Um, Jalen, I, I didn't know who's going to surprise me more, Jalen, Byron, or Darnell. And I'm going to say that Jalen surprised me, and it was for the wrong thing. And it's funny because 4-4 is still great, great speed. I really, really thought we were going to see him go high four twos, low four threes, like four four yep. one four four. I mean four three one four three two four three three. You know something there. So it kind of surprised me. Now I will also say Byron. I knew Byron would do well. 
I did not know that he was going to do that well. So, yeah. so they both surprised me in their own way. But anyways, talk about Jalen. This is the thing about the, the weight, Kyler. 176, and he's been – and he's coming out of season, and he is – I know when you're in season, you lose some weight, especially for you big boys. But the fact that he's had a couple weeks to a month or a month and a half, two months to prepare for the combine, I'm telling your ass right now, if he was 176 at the combine, that boy was playing this past year about 170. And there's yeah. no way – I mean, he was probably getting into the 160s. There's no way that when these guys do this, that they are not usually at their heaviest, meaning heaviest strength, when you're a some sort of skill guy. Obviously, the big fellas. I mean, more it, if in the first sentence of your analysis they say slender, then you know you're packing on weight for the – like you yeah. are trying to weigh as much as you can because you see that as – they see that as a detriment right that, that's it's, plain and simple it's a fine line depending on what position you play you know if you're a big linebacker you're probably trying to cut weight so that you run faster if you're a smaller running back or receiver you're trying to put a little bit weight on while still maintaining that really good speed like i said for you big fellas you know it just all depends if you're a lighter tackle you want to put some weight on so it all depends but I, i'm telling you like that that's and I don't know for a fact, and I'm not going to call people liars, but all that stuff where you and I saw Jalen at practice two years ago as a sophomore, and then all that talk this year going into this year was Jalen looks so much bigger, he's more mature, he's really changed his body. You and I saw him, we said, you know, he's changed his body at all. He literally, like, from from when we saw him at so we we saw him in a fall camp, a spring practice, and then another fall camp. Yeah. And his body literally never changed at all. And no. so we were like, we just thought it was a bunch of nonsense that like whether it was local media or whether it was um the, the people over there on campus were trying to say, anyways, it doesn't really matter. He never looked like he changed in size, like all that, oh, he put extra weight on. I can tell he looks bigger and stronger. Yeah, 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 a bunch of BS. But I'm telling you, that means this man played because there's no way he lost weight going into the combine. No. So, so I mean, that, if that's anything, just that, if anything, he gained weight for sure. Right. Um, that's my. Yeah. yeah. He he he, like you said, with the forty. Here was my thought process, like going into it, when you were saying four threes. I was like, I agree. I think he can get to that. It seems as though he plays at that speed. Like when you watch his tape, it's like, okay, like I think this guy could run a four, three, his best attribute is his speed. That is his best attribute. It is the thing that sets him apart from everybody else. They look at Jalen and compare him to all the other wide receivers in the draft. That's how you do it as a coach. They look at Jalen and they go, you know what? Of all the wide receivers, what does he do best? He's the fastest. Now we look at this 40 and he's not the fastest guy out there. there there's guys that can run faster than him. There's DBs that are running faster than him. It was just, hey, this is your best attribute. I better see it blow out of the water. And with it being a normal, like it is quote unquote normal nowadays, for for times, I mean, you didn't see four threes and four twos, but like that was very rare uh, fifteen years ago. Like when Chris Johnson ran a four two for the first time, it blew everyone's mind. 
And now we've got four or five guys who have run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we've got like four or five guys who have run four twos. And it's like, oh, now every single combine we have guys running four threes. So a four four doesn't necessarily seem as impressive as it has in the past. And, you know, there's a reason why Jalen didn't run the three cone and he didn't run the, 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 uh, shuttle. It's because he knew those aren't his strengths and he wasn't going to put up good numbers and people were going to go, those are bad. Maybe we should drop him in the draft. Like that is literally why I bet Jalen won't even run him at pro day because the only thing would happen is hurt him. It's just part of Jalen. Like that's who he is. He can't move side to side very quickly. That's it. And, and that's the reason why people have called us haters on Jalen. It's because we pointed out those facts about him that in certain areas, he isn't the best. And like, this is just like proof of that. Like, Hey, in certain areas, he's not the best. He is a speedster, but now we're seeing that it's not as fast. It just kind of sucks. Like I, I want to support every Tennessee football player that ever plays. I want to see them in the NFL. I wish all the success in the world, but what I'm doing right now, this podcast, I'm supposed to tell how I see it. And how I see it is Jalen isn't as fast as we thought. And he's not that very, he's not very good at lateral quickness. So why wouldn't someone pick someone else over him? If those things aren't holding to the standard of a first round wide receiver. Yeah, I, um, I mean, he's the yeah. Bolitnikoff award winner and nobody like people are not picking him to be the first wide receiver. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for yeah. that. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you win the award. It doesn't matter if you're most productive during a season, you have to fit into the NFL and, you know, tally mark all of these attributes. If you want to, be a guy picked early if you want to be a guy that makes it and lasts. Yeah, and, and we should have we should have stated this from the very beginning, uh, because I know I believe this and I'm pretty sure you believe it, but like this stuff, well, I guess you kind of mentioned it when you're talking about Darnell, like, hey, just you want to fit in a box, like, okay, does he check this off? Hey, this isn't way too bad. Like we need to check something like the film is the only thing that really matters. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, this is just um, you know, a next a next little bit. So that's why I always got nervous if the Titans ever drafted a combine guy. Now it worked out when they drafted Chris Johnson. But CJ2K put up some some nice numbers at East Carolina. It wasn't like yeah. he just, you know, matter of fact, the other Chris, Chris Henry, for you old Titans fans who rushed for like 500 yards at Arizona, but goes and looks like a robot, runs great in the Titans draft. Yeah. So he he's a combine guy that got drafted. But anyways, for Jalen. I really the film is what matters. And in the film, he ran by people um, and he was constantly open. And we all knew that he's kind of in a way that one trick guy. Hey, I'm going to take the top off with a vertical, with a pose, with a whatever. I'm not saying that he didn't do other stuff at Tennessee. He did. But what he's best at is taking the top off, mm-hmm. running by people, believing mm-hmm. people. And so I was really like, okay, is he going to be a, a Will Fuller? Is he going to be a Deshaun Jackson, and I give those two because Deshaun Jackson had a really nice career, was around for a really, really long time, 
him and Ted Ginn played way until their older years because they always had speed. Will Fuller was a guy who got drafted high uh, because of his speed and never really panned out because he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and so it's like that's kind of that box of where he is. And I'm very surprised. Like he got beat in a 40 yard dash by Byron Young. Like who who would have ever thought that going Nobody. into? No one. No one. You could have you could have talked to a thousand out of you could have talked to a million out of a million people who either watched or covers college football and no one's saying that that's happening. And that so he's like. We thought Jalen was easily the fastest on the whole team. He, he's not even the fastest player on his team. So not to get hung up on that, I was just saying it, it surprised me because I really thought he was going to blow it out of the water. 4-4 is still very, very fast, but does, like you said, just GMs and say, thinking, dude, we thought this guy was going to be a 4-2, 4-3 guy, world, world-class world speed, different speed. Let's go ahead and draft him. Now they're like, well, 4-4, four, four, like, there's there's a bunch of 4-4s four, out there. Like, what, what are we going to go with? You know what I mean? Um I, he was the one guy he was the one guy I wanted to see on the field and I didn't get to now I heard and I don't know if you saw that he did have a couple drops and that's why I wanted to watch him on the field to see if he made all of his catches yeah. because you and I always saw the practice it was one day he had four drops in practice you know there's a, another day he had two like I wanted to see if those hands came through in the clutch for him or if he had one or two bad drops. Yeah. I, you know? I, I saw, I saw one throw from Will Levis going around just over the shoulder and it went right through Jalen's hands. Hit him right. It was Jay- yeah. And, okay. and it wasn't a bad throw by Will. Obviously it's on air, so it's not hard and he dropped it. Yeah. And that, that was, yeah, I, I saw that and was just like, Last, last thing last thing to wrap up, I'm very, very happy for him and his success that he had this year. I'm very, very happy that he won the Blitnikoff and because his success helps the University of Tennessee. And I everything that I've heard about Jalen, he seems like a really good guy. I don't know him personally. He seems to carry himself well. He seems to come from a good family. So I, I truly don't want anything but the best for him. But, like, I, I, I think going into the Combine – I would say it's a slight disappointment, even with really, really good numbers. It's just a slight disappointment. Um, and it still doesn't matter because he's still going to get drafted. And it just depends on what he does when he goes to the league. Is he still exactly. running by people? And is he making the catches that he needs to make? So, yeah. um, all right, next one, Cedric Tillman. I thought Cedric helped himself a good amount. Yeah. Speaking of 40s, to see him run a four five four. I think that is very, very good for him with his size. It's 6'3", 213. Um, yeah, that's four, a big five, dude. That is a big guy. 4'5", four, 4", four, a 1'5", 10-yard splint, 37-inch um, vertical, and a broad jump. So just think, like, besides the broad jump, those the rest of those numbers are pretty close to Jalen. And not a lot of people would say that either when you watch how the two of them play. I feel like one's a one-trick pony track star and the other one's a football player. And so it's like, I feel like, Cedric with his size, mm-hmm. that really, really, really helps him. I mean, I, I honestly would not have been surprised, Kyler, if he'd gone four six, four five nine, something like that. To see him mid to low mid four fives, I personally think that really helped him. I do too. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw a four six out of him, and I don't think other people would have either. So for him to get a low four five, I think it was like a four five three. Four five four, four, five, four. four. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely think that 
that helps Cedric. And it's also like, Hey, I'm coming off an injury and I'm still okay. You know, right. I mean, like, Hey, I, I'll be fine. You know, I, I had a great, uh, 21 season, you know, an injury held me out of 22, but don't worry about that. You know, the best ability is availability as everyone says. So guys who are coming off injuries, people are worried that like, you don't want to draft dudes when they're injured. There's a reason why Trey Smith was drafted to the chiefs in the sixth round. It, and no one wanted to pick him up or he might've been undrafted. I can't even remember, but Trey Six, six yeah, round. in the sixth round, no one wanted to pick him up because of health issues in the past. You know, now you look at it and he's freaking bawling on the Chiefs. Uh, literally, like, getting called out for how much of a mauler he is. And he's got a Super Bowl. So, yeah, that, I, I would that speaking of Trey, that was when I was literally sitting in my house. And I'm just watching the draft go by. I'm watching the draft go by. Trey. I'm watching the draft. And I'm like, yo. How does John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, that are two hours and 15 minutes, if I'm driving the car, away from you? And I'm not sitting there telling you that he needed to go first, second, third, fourth. I'm not saying that. But it was getting to the fifth and sixth round, and I'm like, what the f- are we doing not drafting him? Yeah. What are you doing? Besides Vanderbilt, like, they're the closest you – besides Vanderbilt and MTSU. Like, how are you not locked in on this kid? And say, I get it. It's it's super, super serious health issues, but you're going to take a flyer on a guy in the fifth or sixth round who's going to become a 10-year, 12-year starter and be a dog. Sorry, my rant's over. That's the one that the Titans – I usually am not that guy as, like, a Tennessee fan. It's like, I hope the Titans draft all the Tennessee players. Like, I'm not yeah. like that. But Trey deserved it. Trey deserved but at, it. at a fifth or sixth round guy that, like, most years you end up cutting – Right, right. And you won't like of any position. Like you won't take that one and after you just flopped on Isaiah Wilson. Like you, you have your O line is not set up great. You lost Roger Saffold. You flopped on Isaiah Wilson. Like it was like I hey, you need offensive linemen. I know, I know, and that's why I was. That's what that was the other reason I was annoyed with it too. It's like I just thought that was. Uh, I just thought that was brutal mismanagement by the Titans. But anyways, like I said, we we digress. Yeah, we digress. Cedric. So, Cedric helped himself today, or today, over this weekend. Um, I think he proved who he was. Uh, Ultimately, like, his 21 season is what's getting him drafted. It's what people are looking at and trying to see. Um, You know, with those guys like a Cedric, who hasn't been talked about that much in the media – um and is more under the radar the combine not even the events out in the field but him getting one-on-one meetings with teams him getting in front of them and talking to them about plays and showing his football knowledge and them asking him questions about that's where he can really make a difference because out in the field it's not necessarily you know, you're middle of the pack right now, unless you blow it out, like get a 4-3 and blow it out of the water, then that can help. But if you're still just kind of, oh, yeah, like good, you're good numbers, then maybe those meetings can set him apart from guys. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see where he goes. And I'm very intrigued by, I'm, I'm very intrigued by where he goes. You know, I was a little surprised how early VJ went last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, it, and I don't mean this to be a knock at all, but like 
Cedric's like a pretty he I'm not I'm not saying he's average in skill, but he's an average receiver coming out of college. What I mean by that is like there's going to be multiple guys in each conference that's six two, six three, two hundred and eight to two hundred and fifteen pounds. Good players. They were, you know, the best player on their team, whether it's, you know, like Tennessee or Iowa State or um, you know, Cincinnati. Like you, you get what I'm saying? Like the yeah. point I'm trying to make. And so I, that that is why I'm very intrigued because, like I said, there's guys who went a lot earlier last year than I expected with Alante and VJ for Tennessee. So I'm like, okay, where does said fall? And like, I think his best attribute, attribute besides his size is like he's a good, he's just a good football player. Like he is, like he honestly is Jawan Jennings, but better numbers obviously he doesn't have that sentimental and those big time plays that Jawan had yeah but like where does he go and does he get a good shot because you can't tell me that if he gets in a good situation that Cedric Tillman can't be a good number three at that somewhere you know what I mean I mean I think he could be a good number two uh especially with like his blocking I mean you love we were talking about I love that he catches with his hands and I think that he he can run every route. He can do a hitch. He can do a slant. He can do a dig. He can do a uh, like a climb route. He can do an out route. He can jump ball people. He can beat people over the top. Not his fault that every time he was beating people deep that he was getting dealt with the overthrows. So, like, he, that's why I'm very intrigued about him and to see his journey because yeah. I think he's a very, very good football player. You can also and, beat guys multiple ways, too, because you almost think about it as, like, wide receivers, like, hey, you're speed, speed, speed. You got to beat your DB with speed. And, like – tight ends beat him beat your guy with size like Cedric can do both like he's balked out DBs to get a catch uh he's also ran by DBs and or or made them miss on their on their you know hit turn like he's done multiple things to like to get the ball in his hands shown multiple ways of doing it so I I just yeah just like the value of Cedric is I feel like is so high because he's he's good at everything. Yeah, that's 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 how I feel too. And like I said, these numbers surprised me a little bit. So that's why I'm happy for him. And like I said, I hope that didn't come off as a knock. Of, of, of sometimes I try I hear these points and I try to make them, and sometimes they come out well, and sometimes they don't. But I think you understand like what I meant, like size, speed, height, weight. Like he's pretty. He's there's a lot of not. I'm not saying that's average because it's not average speed or height. I'm saying there's. A, I should have said there's a lot of guys like that that come out every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, where does he land? But I, I, I love him as a player. Uh, we got Darnell right now. Big man, big dancing. Six, five, baby. six, five, 333 pounds, uh, 33 and three fourths arms. And then he had a basically five, one 40. So almost a five flat one, eight, one, 10 yard split, vertical jump, 29 broad jump, nine, six. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, 333 pounds and running a five flat is very impressive. Uh, that is a fast man. Um, in one video I saw of like his, oh my gosh, dude. Like I, like I tweeted it out, but like, I don't know if people understood how great of a rep that was in, in what he was doing. It, it was a, a video of him setting out setting back in punching it back setting out and then turning and running his balance and his weight his his quickness in his feet the violence in his punch like 
it was perfect. He did it perfectly. This guy keeps going up in the draft because he just keeps showing what he can do. You know, sometimes I do think that the senior bowls and things like of that nature are better for offensive linemen because who cares if you can run a 40 that fast? You know what I mean? Who cares if you can really jump that high? Do, is your squad over 500? Okay, then we're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to jump 30-plus inches as an offensive lineman. So when they get to see you in practice, when they get to see you with pads on and your violence, that's great. And then when they get to see your feet and how quick your feet move in drills or or even a shuttle, possibly, that's great. Um, but Darnell did himself a service. He he did what he needed to do. He put up the numbers he needed. And I think his 40 is faster than people thought it would be. Uh, you know, scouts thought it would be. Um, and I'm just so impressed with him. I knew he was super, super athletic just from watching him. But just to for everyone else to catch up on that is awesome. Like, I, I, I love this. I love the praise for offensive linemen. I can definitely see Darnell being a first-round pick. Uh, and I can see him playing tackle. You know, a, a lot of guys, a lot of teams want their six sevens and, and six eights and nines and like huge, 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 tall, 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 lanky, lanky, lanky guys. But Darnell is a beast, man. I mean, that Alabama tape made the difference in 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 everything. Him shutting down Will Anderson, it was huge. So so everyone likes to say the in his bag made money. Uh, that game, that film, just made him millions. But let's say this: so Darnell went to this year, and uh, he threw his ski mask on, and he looked at me. He's like, "Reed, you ready to do this?" I said, "Yeah, let's ride." So we put our <laughs> on. We walked in. We walked into the bank. We're about to hold hold the joint up. We're going with a good old fashioned, a good old fashioned mobster bank robbery here. Yeah. Okay. We're and we're we're hiding from Barney Five. So <laughs> so put our we put our ski mask on. We walk in, and at the start of the year, it's like Darnell's back. We're looking for a big year out of Darnell. You know, is, are they going to kick him to left tackle? He, he feels better at right tackle. You're hearing all that stuff. We said, all right, screw it. Like we've already got the ski mask on. We're staying at right tackle. We're walking in. Hands up. We need the money. So we start getting a little bit of money. Then you trickle in. You start playing some games. We get a little bit more money. And then you go to Alabama week, and he plays Alabama week, and that was, hey, open up the vault, and you just add more. Yeah, add they, more. They, they spun that key open and yeah. swung that door. Yeah, they swung that door, and me and Darnell, they're just taking money, baby. We're just taking money because everybody wanted to see what Will Anderson would do. And then he goes, and then and we're about to leave, and I said, hold up. And he goes to the senior after a great season, and we're about to leave, and it's like, we're going to the senior ball. It's like, no, we want everything that people got in – their safety deposit boxes. So we're loading yeah. up. We're old, old people's safety deposits. And he goes and wins that award at the Reese's Bowl, which is by his by his counterparts and by his, his you know, um, peers, which is yeah. very impressive. And then as we're walking out the door, it's like somebody walks in. It's like they're walking in making a fat deposit. They're a business owner. They got 100 cash. Yeah. And I just said, Darnell, grab that last bag, and we walk out. And that's the combine. Darnell said, give me that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Six, five, three, thirty. Sure, sir. You can have whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, 
he literally just added the money all year long. And I tried to say it uh, a couple pods ago, or I don't know, maybe it was in the middle of the season. I was like, dude, Darnell is really, and it might've been at, at, at the end of the season pod that we did. He's really one of the more underrated Vols in the past 15 years, maybe longer. Because, like, now I get it. He's not one of these offensive linemen like a Trey Smith who got a bunch of pub and, you know, putting cowboy hats on and orange britches. He's not one of the Mays brothers who's more personality. He's not a, you know, whoever. He was really that offensive lineman living in the shadows. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my thing. Soft-spoken. I'm just going to show up and ball. And that's what he did. But, like, everyone this year, everyone talked about Hendon. Everyone would talk about Jalen. And, even said was coming off a big year, so people want to talk about him. Then what's the defense? It's like no one's no one's really talking about Darnell. I mean, we were even worried about the offensive line. And like I said, going into the year, it's like, is Darnell going to have a big year? Like, are they going to kick him to the left tackle? And then he said, no, he feels more comfortable with right tackle. And now you look up, and another thing that I love about Darnell, and it's like one of the reasons I would love if the Titans could grab him, is because he's very durable. Like, I don't really ever remember, I think there was one span in one offseason where he's maybe dealing with an ankle. But, like, I don't really remember him ever really missing games much that, no. I, that I can – I mean, um, I just – and like I said, the film matters the most. But then when you can come here and it's uh, – his his five-flat 40 was third fastest amongst offensive linemen weighing at at least 330 pounds since 2003, almost 20 years. Um, or maybe it was right at 20 years, depending on how the calendar falls. Uh, he tied for six fastest, 40 time among all offensive linemen this year. You know, broad jump, third amongst offensive linemen this year. I mean, what else can you say? He's he's built different. He was born different. Yeah. And he's worked really well for his craft. Also, like you were saying, unsung hero, a guy that stayed during a really tough transition and showed up for his team and yeah. was a, ro- a literal rock. For this team that no one he didn't get he didn't get talked about much, but he was a rock on that offense. Like it was insane how much stability and just worry away from Hinden. Like how much Hinden had to worry less because Darnell was right there. Like he didn't even have to think about that right side. Darnell had it locked down. There was nothing. That was going to come. There was there was nothing he had to worry about. That's the relationship between offensive lineman and quarterback. Offensive lineman's job is to make sure that quarterback doesn't worry about getting hit. That they can just look downfield and survey the the wide open space and take advantage of it. Don't even think about somebody coming to hit you. And that's what you want as offensive lineman. That's what Darnold did. Besides, besides, and I agree. But besides, even that when they had him pulling and and in the run game, and I thought he. It's really good whenever they had him pull or run his way. And I mean, he's just super, super, super solid. And you are elite of the elite if you're getting talked about as a first round draft pick in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and I'm the only really thing that I think might not put him in the first round is because he played right. I know, I know, I know. But you know, because he still has like some games it left like it, like it's in his repertoire it's just not what he's been doing so we shall yeah. see we shall see yeah yeah next up no. by your guy our guy we love by uh like i've already said the 
most surprising. I thought he was going to do well. I didn't think he was going to go out there and freaking annihilate it. But yeah, six, I, I was definitely surprised too. Six two two fifty. I mean, this is just so unfair. Like Byron, you literally have the body that I've always wanted. Technically, I always say six three or six four. You're six two, but two fifty with cuts, chiseled. I mean, it's not yeah. fair. Yeah, it's not. I remember when the first time we saw him and. We, we, we did a breakdown of films, and then we went to practice, and we're like, oh, there's your guy, B.Y. from Virginia Military. And I looked, and I said, I said, that's that's what an SEC linebacker is supposed to look. I said, we have one of those guys. Alabama has, like, 30. Remember when I said that? I was yeah, like, I remember. I, I was like, we need a bunch of these dudes. And then he comes out and plays like it, and then he shows up. And four four three. are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That is in – freaking sane yes dude for for a defensive end at 250 pounds that's crazy i mean we were just talking about Jalen being fast at 4-4 and this guy is 74 pounds heavier 74 pounds heavier are you kidding me can you imagine if they put j if they put a, a weight vest on Jalen that was 70 pounds and they raced Oh gosh. I, mean, this is I want to see BY run around, man. <laughs> I mean, BY is built different, man. Built different. Okay, 40 yard dash, 443, 10 yard split, 162, vertical jump, 38. So 38 is vertical. Uh broad jump 11. I mean, that's jumping out of the gym. Uh three cone drill, uh, seven nine, and then bench reps, 22. All right. I'm I'm gonna say it. I'll just say it. I'll say it, BY. Come at me if you need to. 22. I thought we'd be about 25, 26, but hey, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. You you got those 32 inch arms. I know you got to put that weight up there a little bit. Yeah, that's I'll true. That, that's true. I'll let that one slide. As long as long as as long as it equals out to more to his one rep max being more than 330, we're gonna be all right because that's who he's going I, against. 330 pound dudes. Um, so no, let me say this real quick. Notables, uh, his four. Uh, his 4-4-3, 40-yard dash was sucked second uh, best amongst defense alignment at the NFL Combine and fourth best at the position in the past 20 years. Um, I don't really consider him a D-lineman. I guess he is a D-lineman, but I would say – I don't know. We've been over this argument before. It doesn't really matter. I, I um, think it literally depends on the defense you run. Right. I know, I know, I know. So, anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, he, he also led all of defense alignment in the broad jump with 11, and he was second amongst defense alignment and vertical jump. And then his seven one nine three cone drill was the fourth best amongst defensive line this year. Um, man, so so happy for him. Uh, this is where you make you make money as a as a prospect. It's like, oh, he's a good prospect. He has some pretty good film. And then you go out and do this, and these GMs and, and these coaches automatically get a little excited, and they start getting a little a little pop in a tent in their pants and their khakis. You know, in their uh, in their sweatpants, they're like, "Who's that down there?" I'm a, hey, I'm, what, I'm a little far. Did you? Hold on, did you get a four four? That's yeah, what I got. Get four. Is that Gatorade in your pocket, or are you just excited to see me? <laughs> Dude, anyways, I, I couldn't be more happy. This one really, really surprised me. I honestly thought if you'd made me say by. I would have said, I bet he goes out and runs like a four five, four five five, four five four, which I still would have thought would have been really, really good. But that that's next level. I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah. Um, 
you know, do you do you have any worry? Let me ask you this: Do you have any worry about his game going to the next level? Like maybe that he is only six two and his arms aren't that length, or you know, um, maybe that only two fifty. No, the, the the reason why I don't is because I've seen I've seen a Julius Peppers who's six nine have success, and I've seen a Von Miller who's six two have success. So it's like or Elvis Doomerville, you know. Yeah, like you you can you can be long and lanky and use that to your advantage and use that length to your advantage. You can also be shorter and quick and use that to your advantage, which Byron is. He's very twitchy if you were to describe him as that. Now I don't think he's as quick as Von Miller. I've never seen anybody as quick off the ball as Von Miller. I love watching Von Miller play. By the way, Von Miller Julius Peppers is probably like six seven. Calais Campbell is like six nine. So, anyways, it, but Calais I see as more of a D lineman than he, a D end. No, but he is. Um, but dude, Von Miller's quickness off the ball is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen someone get off as fast as him. It is an absolute nightmare to try and block him as a tackle. Like watching Everyone- him go against tackle. Watching him in Super Bowl 50 in person, I was at that Super Bowl, watching him beat Rimmers over the edge was insane. Buddy wasn't even close to out of his stance, and Vaughn's passed him. It's it's It was crazy. Anyways, well, this is about Vaughn. It's about Byron. Hold on. I got I to gotta, I gotta talk. I love Vaughn, too. Watching Vaughn and Aaron Donald in last year's Super Bowl together was <laughs> a thing of magic. But everyone wants to talk about that ankle flexion. And that really how you can bend, like when you're coming around that edge, and you know most people bend, they can be like bending like this, and then you got these guys that are like bending like this, and somehow still not touching the ground, you know. And is that is can be why do that can be why, you know, get to that point. And by the way, Elvis Doomerville was five eleven, and he was a stud. Uh, he had over hundred over hundred sacks in his career. I, I loved watching Elvis. But anyways, so yeah. you feel you feel fine because of. Because of um, what I what I've seen out of previous defensive ends, and I've seen different sizes and different weights. I, I think you can just use whatever you have in your bag of skills to to beat an offensive lineman, to beat a tackle. Now it's going to be harder for him when he goes against a Tyron Smith, who's very lanky, who's all arms and legs, and he can't quite get to him. But there's still the opportunity of games of, uh, you know, any kind of blitz or twist or whatever. And you can you can make your you can make your opportunities. Um, But Byron is still so raw as a defensive end that he can the, the only way is up at this point. What what these scouts are seeing is. Here is a freak of nature who hasn't had that much time to become good at defensive end and take them. Like, take them and coach them up and do what you do. And I'll tell you what, he might get drafted high because if I know anything about coaches, they have high egos and they think, I can make him great. I can make him the next Von Miller. I can make him the next you know, whoever coaches have that ego, they automatically think like my offense is the best or my defense is the best or my coaching is the best and I can do this. And I, 
That's all Byron needs is one coach to be like, listen, this guy's a freak. He runs a 4'4", 250 pounds. I can tell how much of a freak he is. He's quick. He's he's twitchy. I just got to teach him a little bit of pass rush skills, and he's going to he's gonna kill it for me. He's going to dominate. I think, and, and another thing about that is, too, no one uh, is going to have any reservations about drafting him because of the cure, the, the not kid, the young man um, that he is, the character that he is. Everyone, yeah, that knows, everyone knows his story. Everyone knows what he's been through. Um, when we were at practice and watched him, uh, he was – he didn't know us. There was no reason uh, to – to be as polite and nice. And like I've talked about Jerome and Jacob and some of these other guys are just super quality young guys. And like Byron handles himself in that way. I mean, we were there and there was a fight um, and he got up at the end of practice and apologized to his team because he said, you know, I'm not, I should, I can't do that. Like I got to control my emotions. I can't allow that stuff to happen, which was, which was uh, very impressive that he did that. Um, so by, by, besides being a freak, he seems like he's going to be a solid solid member of your franchise because you're not gonna have to worry about him. He's going to conduct himself the right way. He's going to work really hard. And so all that stuff matters when you're making million dollars investments to these yeah. guys Two uh, on Sunday or no Saturday night. I sat there and I watched Nolan. No, no, you know, it was Thursday when he ran this. It was Thursday. Yeah, night. They were so early. I watched Byron Young highlights. And then I was watching Nolan Smith highlights, the guy from uh, Georgia, the outside backer that, that ran really well. And both both really good highlights. One thing I liked about Byron is like if you went back and noticed, he made like his sacks and some of his big time plays were like some of our bigger games. Like there's sometimes like a, a couple of Nolans. Now, like I said, Nolan still had some really good highlights against some really good teams, but like it started out like there was one maybe against like Vandy, and there was another one against like Moorhead State or somebody. But like Byron's first one, he's coming off against Clemson. He's dogging somebody at Kentucky. He's doing somebody dirty at, you know, wherever. And 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 like I said, they both had really good films. But I if you go back and watch, and I pulled it up now, like Byron made some really, really good timely plays, just like at, at Pittsburgh. And like he was going up. I mean, he wasn't over here doing it against UTC and friggin' Austin P or whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Nolan's that was kind of the attack on him. It's like he is a great defender and very athletic, but like the production wasn't there this past year. Like he didn't, I think he had like four sacks, like three and a half sacks or something like that. The sack that he just has against LSU. I mean, LSU is another quality opponent. Uh, and and people can argue for Nolan that he has to compete against a bunch of, a lot of other really, really good dudes that are also trying to get to the quarterback. And then I can sit there and say, well, I can promise you when I was coming off the edge of Catholic, I sure as hell liked it when Kyler Curveson was a defensive tackle. You know what I mean? Because – they're blocking his big ass, and it's a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, it is so much harder for a guy who is the guy to get a sack than it is if you have monsters all over the place. Because what that means is the guard who's blocking Jalen Carter isn't looking out to the defensive end and seeing if he can help his freaking tackle. He is has his hands full. He ain't worried about your guy. You take care of your guy. You get hey, you get paid your NIL money. You get scholarship like everybody else. Take care of your guy. I'm gonna take care of Jalen. There, there's when you have multiple dudes on the defense. It's hey guys, you're you're gonna get 
1v1. It's going to happen throughout this game. You got to hold your own. A running back isn't yeah. going to be there to chip. Your your buffers aren't going to be there from the interior or the outside. You got to do it on your own. Get ready. When you're playing uh, Missouri and they have one defensive end that's really good, then all that goes, hey, Darnell, he's going to line up on you, and he's really good. We're going to give you some chip help every now and then, slow down his rush. We're also going to run some draws and screens, and that'll help, and we'll be fine. They don't even talk about the defensive tackles because it's not a worry. Yeah, you go against Georgia, and you're like, Jalen Carter's over here, and, and you know Smith's over here, and you're just naming dudes all over the place. There's no scheming yeah. around that. There's no like – hey, I can help you out here, but then you leave your other guy out to dry. So it's so much easier when you have other dudes around you. Coming from a guy coming from a guy who watched every game and then had to rewatch every game to do this pod, I'm enjoying watching these highlights because I forgot about it. I mean, he just had – he had two sacks in that LSU game that I just saw were nasty. He's coming off yeah. the edge right here in Florida. I mean, big-time games and, like, big-time moments where he's winning and making pressures, making guys step up, like – I love BY. I hope nothing but for you know, but the best for him. So, um, anyways, we could gush about BY all day and a lot of these other guys. Let's hit basketball real quick. Um, so the fact that when I was in the building and the week after we we lose on a buzzer beater, we lose on a buzzer beater, Missouri. So that puts us at the five seed and the four seed. Personally, doesn't bother me because I'm selfish. And so it's okay. Thursday, I don't have to wait till Friday to watch my boys. I'll watch them Thursday. Unfortunately, we have not talked about it since it happened. But Double Z went out. Uh, yeah. It was awful. That awful to see that. I was sitting there watching my dad. Immediately, he and, I, he and I were just like, "Holy crap!" Like, we hope you know when you see non-contact, you you hope it's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, for me, I started sitting there and I was like, "I really, really hope it's not." But if it is, and I'm sitting there counting the months until next year for a full recovery for him. Not, I mean, yeah, obviously I want a, a good player on my team, but I'm sitting there like hoping for his sake that he can get back. And so um, I'm happy. I say all that to say it's nice that we get it. Personally, I'm selfish. I'm going to watch my boys play, but it's also that we get another game under our belt to work on the point guard by committee. I think yes, it's sir. also good to play in March. Now it's time to start stacking wins, start playing your best ball. Do I want us to sit around till Friday and play no like we won this thing last year do i care if we win it again this year not necessarily i'm more focused on the big tournament so give us an extra game to get things ready and, and, our, pla- and, and, and our placement honestly i like you you get two games in versus opponents that you've either had close games or beat the crap out of um because we beat Ole miss earlier in the season it was 63 to 59 it's close we Mizzou just beat us on a buzzer beater. It was close. We whooped the shit out of South Carolina. So it's like those three teams are the ones we could be playing first. And then we play Alabama, who we've beaten. So it's we like match, we match up great against Alabama. Yeah, I we love match it. up great against Alabama. So I think we're on the great, we're on the perfect side of the bracket. I agree, Kyler, because I do not want to play Kentucky. No. I play Texas AM. I don't want to play Auburn. Not because these are all different reasons. You know, Kentucky, I think, is a bad matchup for us. Uh, Texas A&M, I don't love the matchup with them. Um, Arkansas, I feel okay against, but they still have a lot of talent, and I don't want any of those three five-star freshmen going off. And I definitely don't want to see Auburn again because I hate the way Auburn plays because it's typical Bruce Pearl. I love Bruce. 
But I, the one thing that I used to hate about him is he would let these guys go too much street ball, and it's so annoying to play against because you play really good defense. You take a five- or six-point lead against Auburn and a Bruce Pearl team. You go down. You maybe miss a shot. They get the rebound. You come down, and they throw up some 50-foot 50, 50 three. It's a terrible shot, hand in face, and they make it. And yeah. it's like it's just so annoying to play against. So I'm like, I don't want to see that garbage. So I agree with you. I don't want to play Kentucky, Texas A&M, or Auburn, and I would much rather play South Carolina, Missouri uh, than uh, even Arkansas. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. And then, like, listen, once let's win two, and you know what, lose to Alabama. Like, I like I'm not I, I'm not holding you holding them to a standard where I'm like expecting them to whoop the shit out of them. I'm just like, hey, show me something good. You know, win a couple games, get a little hot streak. You lost to the number one team. That's okay. That's okay because you beat them earlier in the season. So I know you can do it. It's it's yeah. an okay team to lose to. If we were to lose to Kentucky for a third time, brutal, brutal, brutal. brutal. Wouldn't hear and, the end of it. And since we're talking about this team, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hard on uh, I'm hard on Tony Allen. AKA Meshack, um, Tony Meshack, as I want to call him. But I don't mind him at point guard because if he does struggle offensively, then put him at point guard because he handles the ball well. Let him distribute it. Let him be out there to play his really good defense against the other team's point guard or the other team's best player, whatever, you know. Um, so I'm fine with that. Like this team is uh is going to go as far as Josiah Jordan-James and Santi both have to play pretty well. And I'm not saying that to be great. I'm not saying Santi has to put us on her back or Josiah Jordan-James put us on her back. And I'm not asking too much to say, just Josiah Jordan-James, give me give me 10. Give me at least 10. That's all I'm asking, Josiah, just 10 points. And then if Santi can give me 12 to 14, that's all I'm asking. If we have that – then the season is is on role players. If if Euros plays decently well, if Olivier, who I shouldn't be talking about as a role player, but he hasn't shown me much anything else as of late. But if Olivier steps up, um, you Phillips know, Tyree's more back into it after his injury. Who? Phillips. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Get Phillips uh working in. Cause I like I, I don't like this the fact that he can't I don't really like any basketball player that can't hit a three in today's NBA. I mean, yeah. excuse me, in today's basketball, and that's just me. Um, but I do like the way Julian Phillips gets on the rack. He's definitely our best free throw shooter, so I'm excited when he does drive. Um, and he's a good defensive player. But if you get our two seniors, give, just give me 10 apiece. Four, one of you get 14, 15, whatever, and then let the role players play to their biggest capability, then this team can go Sweet 16 Elite Eight. And all, oh, yeah. and for me, all, all I want this year, I just want to make the Sweet 16. You have consistently been a top 10 to 15 team all year. Hell, we've we've had some bad losses, and I still think the, the worst we were ranked was 12 lately. Like, and, you know, maybe earlier in the year they were whatever. But I think like, we're 17th just, now. Just get, just get sweet 16. That's all I'm asking. That's that's not much to ask. Just just win a couple games, compete in your SEC tournament, and go get the sweet 16, and I'm going to leave this year thinking, hey, I'm happy with how this year went, especially with double Z going down. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. And I gave yeah. you – I gave you the recipe of how they have to do it. Perfect. I hope Rick Barnes listens to this podcast. <laughs> he does, and he's too busy freaking. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what he's doing out there, but he's not letting them shoot free throws or teaching them not to foul at certain times. 
Uh, all right, man. So what's your, what's your thought? What's your, what's your quick thoughts on the basketball or is that everything that I said? Is that what I, no, I mean, I agree with you. Like the, those guys do have to step up. Like I want to see, uh, Scovy, Vescovy off of the ball. Like, I think he can do that Steph Curry run around, get open, shoot a three. And he's good at that. And it just stinks when a point guard goes down in Zakai. And then it's like, Hey, you take over, be the point guard. Well, it's not fair to him. That's not his game. Um, So if Meshach can do that and distribute, I would love it. I don't know if he can yet. I'm not like completely confident, which is what you said, an extra game to get more reps at it, to to figure out who can step in for Zakai. Um, Because I, you know, we didn't ex- obviously you never expect injuries but you should prepare just in case and it just feels like we're just uh-oh like our point guy got hurt uh-oh like we don't have anybody else like if Zakai would have went down last year we had Kenny Chandler if Kenny Chandler went down we had Zakai so it's like you had somebody else now it's just kind of like uh what are we doing uh, yeah because so- B- BJ Edwards is the backup point guard well I guess on paper, the backup point guard, but he's a freshman, and obviously he's not ready to play is what Rick Barnes thinks. So that's where it's, you know, point bar, point guard by committee here. So Yeah, which is not going to – it's not going to win you games. So we got to try and figure that out. But – uh, March is, is – uh, you win in March with uh, good coaching and uh, good uh, guard play. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's well, what I'm saying. <laughs> well, we don't have good coaching in March, and so – now our guard plays a little lacking, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be lucky to make the Sweet Sixteen, bud. You never know. I can always hope. Hey, keep it alive. That's that 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 vol hope. That's what we all have down down deep. Can't help it. All right, man. Great pod. All right, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave comments. We love the comments, love to talk to you guys. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download. Make sure you follow us on all those platforms. Uh, You can also follow us on social media, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account, at rbacon26 to read, at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social media platforms. Uh, we have merch out right now. How we doing, bud? T-shirts in orange and white. That link is below. So go ahead and check those out. Uh, and really appreciate you guys. You you are always the best. Thank you so much uh, for all your support. And as always, go Vols. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.